0: You know, we're doing good work for our clients. So it's not just, you know, a feel good touchy feely thing that we're doing over here. It makes good sense to do that in our mind because we have an energized workforce that delivers good customer service for our clients.
1: That's the voice of Mark Wilson, the founder and CEO of Chime Solutions, who shares with you his humble upbringings, the importance of creating a healthy attitude for employees and strategies to create both an impact and profit. Folks, if you enjoy this interview and want to unleash your impact, claim your free Real Leaders Impact Awards Special Edition at real-leaders.com slash impact-awards and become the leader everyone loves. Now it's time for your uninterrupted episode. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's give it up for the real Mark Wilson. All right, let's have fun. Let's bring the energy today. <laughs> All right, here we go. In five, four, three, two, and one. And welcome everyone to the Real Ears Podcast, your number one source for impact leaders harnessing capitalism to sustain the planet, people, and profits. I'm your host, Kevin Edwards. Alongside me today, we have the founder and CEO of Chime Solutions, Mark Wilson. Mark, thanks for being with us today.
0: Yeah, Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here and to talk and share whatever it is that I can
1: about know the things that we're experiencing here at time. Thank thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, well Mark, let's let's get started. This I'm pretty excited about this one. Uh, cuz with customer support and I, in the past couple of months I've been dealing with some customer support issues with my video guys. So the stat I pulled for you Mark today is 52% of US respondents reported that they either swore or came to tears. During a customer service call, so the first question I have for you is: What are the challenges with customer support, and how is Chime Solutions unique?
0: Yeah, well, I'll just tell you the uh, the essence of customer support. I think is you know where the challenge lies, and that that has to do with people, and it's uh, people on both sides of the equation that you know that are that impact the answer to your question. So, and I I want to deal with it from you know the the person that's charged with you know, supporting the person that's calling in, needing the support, and I think the overall the overall challenge there is having a person in the right mind frame and with the complete uh, understanding of of what the the nature of the problem is that someone is calling in to have them help them with, right? And so, um, you know, just having a person. Think about their jobs in terms of the impact that is having on that caller it is is a real challenge. You know, folks that, that do that do this work, you know, they see it like most folks do, or like a lot of folks do, as a job, and not as a real you know mission or, or something that they're really um, you know that they have someone's fate in some cases in their hands, um, and and not connecting to that is a real challenge.
1: Do you put your employees through any types of training? I feel like because you know when I'm on a call and I'm pretty upset. I know that it's not their fault, but I still will react. I mean, what type of training do you go through, and what advice do you give to your employees?
0: Well, yeah, every client, you know, and we're in, because we are an outsourcer, we serve a number of clients, but and every client has a different you know rigor around their training. But most of the time, it's four four weeks or so of intense, you know, detailed training that a person goes through that puts them in position to be able to deal with the questions that they get when someone calls in. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of training, but, you know, so that's the technical aspect of it. Again, the essence of this, I believe, is the person that's delivering the service and their mindset, which Mm -hmm. is where time is completely focused, may be different than those that we compete with that do this work. You know, it's, we're spending all of our time trying to connect with our people in a way that makes them understand the real um, uh, seriousness of their of their charter, you know, what they're supposed to actually do, what they're really, you know, responsible for. And, you know, we get there by trying to connect with them and letting them know that they are important and that we're supportive of everything that has to do with them while working here.
1: Mark, that's, that's pretty interesting as well. And uh, what I was going to say is I've never worked in an environment like that. I, c- I can't imagine working in a space where people are dealing with frustrated clients all day. How do you keep people so composed?
0: yeah I mean, I'm glad I'm really glad that you asked that because you know as I just mentioned you know the psyche of the person that has to deal with someone that has needs or challenges all day all the time you have to focus on trying to make sure that you care for them and how they feel and how they're thinking. And so we spend all of our time on that. You know, I, I try to you know, lessen the burden for our leaders, our, you know, the leaders that are leading the folks to, you know, to do the work so that they can spend all of their time really focused on cultivating a, a good and healthy attitude. You know, um, we're just implementing all sorts of things. We just implemented a new thing where um, we're partnering with the restaurants around town and we're trying to make it easy For our folks to be able to have access to a variety of restaurants, you know, so they, you know, we're, um, we put together a platform where they can make orders and we, you know, and we've negotiated prices uh, that are really uh, inexpensive. And what that does is to, you know, keep our folks where they're being serviced and everything is convenient for them. You know, child care services we're about to implement here where, you know, folks can, you know, have don't have the stress outside of work with caring Mm. for their children. We're having that on on premise. I mean, just a few things like that, that 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 demonstrates real connection and uh, our our company's connection to making sure our people, you know, feel like uh, we're caring for them.
1: So maybe like taking the pressure and the stress off of people's outside lives has reflected in uh, that. Maybe they can just focus on what they're good at.
0: And yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Exactly.
1: Interesting, and and so, uh, Mark, uh, you're the founder of this company. I mean, what dr- like drove you to solve this problem and create this business? And do you have a story that pops into your mind of just like the worst customer support or the funniest customer support conversation you've ever heard?
0: Oh uh, yeah, there's definitely a long and storied list <laughs> of. Uh- of client interactions that that have happened over the years and you know i'm fortunate that i'm i'm sort of removed from it and i just right. to hear some of what our um you know our folks you know have to deal with on a day-to-day basis um you know and more i, I think more the more compelling part to what you just asked has to do with the challenges that we're overcoming for the people that are you know, responsible for dealing with the problems of the folks that are calling it. And, you know, so we, you know, you asked why I got into this is that, you know, I worked corporately for a long time. And uh, in that, in one of the positions I had, I was able to, you know, be put into a situation where there was, you know, a need for some performance improvement. And we were kind of given free reign to try a few things with our employee base. And we just were very creative about stuff. And so I just kind of thought that if I ever had a chance to you know, own a business and really be, you know, um, you know, flexible about the things that we would try to connect with the employee base. And then I would go for it. And fate had it; I was able to, you know, I have worked for, I, I grew up in professionally working for Dunham Bradstreet, and they were my first customer They gave me my first contract. You know, to to support them. And so, an experience that we had with one of the centers was the catalyst. You know, uh, for me being even interested in starting a business like this.
1: Uh, so maybe elaborate more on on that personal story. I mean, you say you were working uh, for you know, corporate America for a while, and then you say, if I ever had the chance to have this business, I could implement some of these strategies. Maybe elaborate on your personal journey to the founding of uh, Chime.
0: Yeah, I, I'm, um, I'm a person that comes from very humble beginnings. Um, I, I grew up in the housing projects of Fort Smith, Arkansas, I left. Um, I, I left there to go to college in Ohio. I attended um, our nation's oldest um, privately owned, historically black college, uh, Wilberforce University. Um, that's a pride point for me because you know going to a school that has that distinction is definitely you know, um, you know important. And I got a good foundation there. Um, but you know my uh, my upbringing and all the things that happened up to and including the um, educational experience are real drivers for our business model. You know, we're, um, I just feel like it's our responsibility as a company for what I think I represent, um, which is a person from, you know, modest means that typically gets, you know, um, overlooked and maybe not as many um, uh, breaks and shots at success that you know, some that others may. That I want our company to be so focused on being a catalyst for tapping into that you know that talent and you know that's generally overlooked. So we with intention, our, our call centers are established in the highest unemployment areas uh, in the three cities that we uh, have established today, and that and we did that with intention uh, so that we could go into a community and tap into to talent that I that I can identify with and hopefully provide some opportunities for folks to do well and try to break try to get at breaking some of the generational things that come with the challenges for those folks.
1: So the opportunities, the job creation in these local communities was was big for you. Do you think your employees can, can sense that uh, from from a leadership standpoint that they know that you come from those same humble beginnings?
0: Um, a thousand percent because it's you know we we talk about it you know we every person that comes to our company i personally go to each training class and that's saying something we we have uh, you know upwards three thousand or so people that work in between our centers in atlanta dallas and charlotte and i don't i'm based here so mostly that's centered in atlanta i don't get to get to dallas and charlotte as much for the classes but you know the same messaging goes to everybody and that is you know we are on a mission here to make sure that those folks that may not have thought that they were, you know, worthy of the shot to be a leader or a manager or you know something more than just a person working, that we want to represent that that's that that's not the what we want to, to accomplish for them. We want to try to provide an opportunity for everybody to grow. And it's worked. And I do think that everybody feels that and it feels like a family and it feels like a mission and we're leveraging that, I think, to, you know, to everybody's success, definitely our customers' success. Uh,
1: I, I read somewhere the, the mission was also like, like 10,000 jobs by 2020 yeah. or 10,000 jobs by 2025. It's 2020 now. Where are we on that goal? And, and what's the vision going forward?
0: Yeah, uh, we're, we just announced that goal, by the way, like mid last year, and we're a third of the way there. Like I mentioned, we are at 3,000. We opened uh, Dallas in October. Charlotte was oh, nice. just a little bit before that. And so our goal is to try to go to various cities in these underserved communities where there's a need for work um, and we feel talent and to establish uh, centers. And so um, we, we have, you know, four or five other centers to go and we've, we're we on a good pace to, to get there. Um, you know, maybe it spills over into 2021. Uh, but we're, we're doing really well toward, you know, our goal and, and hopeful that we're going to get to our 10,000, you know, minimum 10,000 jobs around the country um, in the near term.
1: That's that's great. I, I, I spoke with an investor last year. Actually, it's at, it was at our most Summit, which is coming up here. I don't know if you're able to attend or not, but uh, he was telling me one of the things we look for is specifically the leader of the company and then job creation. Can they create jobs? So what's the investment opportunities been like for investors for you? And has it been difficult to raise funds?
0: Well, I mean, it's a little unique for us in that this is the third company that I've founded well, the, the second company I founded, but the third that we've had ownership in, so I founded the first, which is Riley Teleservices. That was the company that supported Dun & Bradstreet. We grew that up, and in, in, in 2010, we were fortunate enough to exit and sell that. Um, and then I I kept my management team together, and we, we were one of our investors, investors, and we bought a second company that was not in this same, same space. It was more vendor management and background screening. And in the middle of that, one of our old customers called and said that they had an opportunity and it led to us getting back into the call center business. So I have my full management team that I had in the first company, and we just started the current company, Chime, you know, to go back and kind of replicate the success that we'd had in the first company by leveraging all the learnings and all the experience that we'd gotten, you know, growing uh, Rila we're doing that now um, but just smarter and you know uh, more uh, more informed i say all that to say that, that we raised a lot of capital in both the first two companies you know to to accomplish all of that so very familiar with that process so we're a little bit different than maybe you know a typical entrepreneur just getting out there raising capital but now as of today we're in a, a 50 million dollar uh, capital campaign to refinance the current business and um, we're having great traction and a lot of a, a good interest in in that right
1: now. Uh, how important is it to have like like minded investors, people that believe in the mission of the company, uh, but also want to generate profit as well? Or have you seen anything that like minded investors are coming?
0: Yeah, to? yeah. I mean, we've been fortunate that the investors in our business have um, have understood and knew what exactly we were trying to accomplish. In fact, the very first seed capital that we got in the first company. Was a double impact, double bottom line company called Sustainable Jobs Fund, and they invested in us because our mission was to create a lot of jobs, um, but they also, you know, have a, a financial bottom line interest as well, and and that's that's something that's key for me to say here is that while we talk a lot a lot about the social things that we do and you know, our real interest in impacting people and creating jobs in the community and all those social things. At the end of the day, we are uh, a going concern, a company that is a a for-profit business, and we have to show up big um, on the basis of merit with our clients, you know, if we are to to get any of the social things to accomplish. So it's very important for everybody to know that we're, you know, we're doing good work for our clients. So it's not just... You know, a feel good, touchy feely thing that we're doing over here. It makes good sense to do that in our mind because we have an energized workforce that delivers good customer service for
1: our clients. Great. It, you mentioned that uh, after you sold the second company, I wanted to bring the same management team with me to the third. Now, Mark, I'm a big sports fan and I know and I've worked in sports. I worked for the women's basketball team in college. And when our coach got fired, it was job searching season. All mm-hmm. the coaches were you know, scared. They're going to lose their jobs because the new coach that comes in is going to want to bring the same people that they trust and that they're in alignment with. Mm-hmm. Maybe elaborate on the importance of building a team around you.
0: Yeah, it's just um, it's just critical um, because it, when you're in the battle, it has to be with people that understand you as the leader, understand the mission that they've been, you know, um, that the that the company's kind of focused on. And when there's time and there's challenge and, and struggle and all of that uh, that comes with you know growth, then everybody gets closer together. And so you know, once you move to the next opportunity. You want to do that with battle-tested people that understand that you get along with, and that you're not having to date all over again to use that with people. Um, I, I, but having said that, it's important though that you introduce, you know, uh, new mindsets, new skills, you know, different um, points of view into the team if you are to grow. Otherwise, you get stuck, you know, doing the same thing, and there's no innovation and no you know, no growth. So it's very important. It's tough because, you know, you got that core together and outsiders coming in, they, it's hard for them to kind of fit in. And, you know, and so we've seen some of that too, but, you know, I kind of force it. I try to get in the middle of it and make sure that we, you know, facilitate a smooth transition for uh, new leaders coming onto our
1: team. What's a piece of advice you would give the leaders listening to this um, that are working on dissolving the ego when a new guy comes in and has a great idea when you've had a management team for so long that you trust and you've worked well together with and you have some type of group think going on? How important is it to or maybe give some of our audience some advice about how to deal with these challenges of bringing someone new on board?
0: Yeah, Um uh- I think the cornerstone for um, any success from a leadership standpoint has to do with effective communication. So I'm, I'm really as a leader not afraid of any kind of tough conversation that needs to, needs to happen. So I just call things out (laughs) and you got to get comfortable saying here's this what, and and when you have people that have been around you long enough, they understand and know that Mm -hmm. and can have an appreciation that, Oh, okay. Yeah. I I need to, I need to take a look at that and or I need to have an appreciation for, for whatever he's just said. But I think, you know, fostering a, um, a community where there is open dialect and, and dialogue and people that are talking to to one another about the things that they don't like or, you know, things that they'd like to see change or the challenges or whatever. It's, communication to me is the key and having an environment where everybody feels like they can talk
1: a uh, difficult conversation the difficult conversation that might be or a difficult question I'll ask you is is what about AI's impact on call centers I feel like it's it's more, way more prevalent nowadays. there's integrations with different social media apps to connect with people. How is AI impacting your business and where do you see the future of call centers going?
0: Um, yeah, I, I think it's just making the product better, you know. And I think companies and companies like ours are figuring out how we use um, uh, AI to to augment what we what we do. The bottom line is is that you know, for as long as there's been call centers, there's been innovation and different variations, all aimed at or um, or predicting that at some point it's going to eliminate the need for you know for what we do and. Uh, I don't see that in in our future. Um, we as people like talking to other people, you know, to the extent that that can be more of an efficient process and be more focused on what I want to talk to you about. That's a different question, and I think um, uh, I think we are all as people interested in that. But at the, end, at the end of the day, we want to talk to somebody else about that thing that we're having an issue
1: with. Hmm. And Mark, let's let's theorize here if potentially an AI avatar could come in and replicate a human, it's almost identical. Would that put you in a, that might put you in a position to maybe lay off some people to say, this is a lot more affordable. What would you do in a situation like that? If this technology was presented to you?
0: Well, I mean, the, the thing about this is, is that it, it is business. And when there are, um, you know, uh, advances in technology innovation that make things, um, efficient and, you know, uh, and it, and it's, you know, a trend, you know, but it's behind the scenes where, uh, where a customer is concerned. Uh, and I don't, I don't feel the effects of that. Then, um, I think people will, will be, uh, amenable to accepting it. Um, but there's still, I believe that there are nuanced situations that avatars or any level of uh, innovation uh, or AI are not going to solve for. And if I think about, you know, how vast the uh, customer service outsourcing or, or even insourcing uh, world is, and how many people that are actually uh, doing this work, um, that's a that's a long ways off when we get to a place where it's having a real impact on the number of people that are doing it.
1: Uh, Mark, we've talked a lot about the impact that you're trying to have in the communities, in the 10,000 jobs by 2020, as well as uh, providing your employees with better resources to take off the ease and the pain so they can focus on their on their customers. So I have customers and I have also my employees. Is the mission about your customers or are they more about the environments that you have?
0: And the, the mission is to that we're in business to do business on behalf of our clients. We just understand fundamentally the best way to achieve that is by focusing on, you know, you know, sort of a dual mission, if you will, of making sure that our most valuable and precious asset toward the goal for the customer is cared for, that being our people. OK. So um, at the, we're in business. We're for profit business profit business. So we have to do the things that our clients are looking for. I just, I I think that I'm in full realization that I'm in the best position to deliver on that. If I care for the asset that's going to deliver on it, again, our people.
1: Got it. Got it. Yeah. And and that's a common misconception is you can make a profit and have an impact as well. We've been throwing around that term impact a lot, Mark. What does impact mean to you?
0: Well, it's uh, it's when you can, uh, in a tangible way, understand that a difference is being made by what it is that you you've done. So, um, uh, if you employ somebody and their life situation changes because they're gainfully employed, and that they can care for their children and family, and, and then by extension, that the fact that they're able to do that that someone else's family is going to, you know, get the benefit um, downstream. And then if you do that in a massive way, 10,000 jobs, that the number of people and lives that get that, that get changed because of what you produced as a company, to me is impact.
1: Mark, you said uh, the diff- uh, a difference in, that's being made um, could you tell us a story about a difference that you've seen being made in, in one of your employees' or customers' lives?
0: Yeah, there's one that, that comes to mind that I, I like to tell, and I really like to reflect on it because it's, it's, it's really indicative of all of what we've been talking about here um, today. So we had, we had one uh, young lady who worked for us who has grown, grown up and got promoted um, you know, since we started Chime into a, a pretty responsible position today. And she had started on her own initiative a process of trying to understand and uh, deal with her credit so that she could um, put, put herself in position to own and buy a home. And um, uh, my daughter actually works for the company and has responsibility for engagement and uh, and also quality. Um, was um, familiar with this situation and asked if I would personally talk and meet with this um, young lady about you know her credit situation and have her um, get the advice that I could give her. So we did that and we talked about a number of things. And I, I don't wanna take any credit for this, but she then went and did a lot of things that we talked about and, and the end of the story is she was able to purchase and has purchased a home. Um, nice. And so, so impactful because she is representative of a lot of folks that work here. We have probably you know, 85% um, young women, a lot of whom are single, that work here. And you know housing and home ownership and just housing stability for a lot are challenging. And so what it did for us, it, it made us think about how that one situation could be replicated amongst the broader group. And so we set a goal as a company to try to create at least 50 homeowners by our influence. Through We have something called Chime University where, you know, folks can come in on their own time and learn about a variety of topics. And so we put a homeowners, a home buying um a seminar or class in Time University for people to sign up for. So we hired um, a real estate company, a bank, and um, a credit advisory to help folks navigate through those things. With the goal of trying to, you know, put our our people in a place where they're knowledgeable about buying and purchasing a home.
1: And what that does for people, I mean, yes. just like you said, it takes the stress off. They can focus on their their own uh, their own job, what they're good. Uh,
0: well, and it's generational too, right? So uh, sure. when 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 one generation after the next are renting and never getting to homeowner status, that we as a company can be influential and impactful with helping to facilitate folks owning their own home and making it normal for their children to understand that owning a home is the is what the next step is Mm. as opposed to you know the legacy of renting and uh, not that there's anything wrong with that it's just the next movement the next uh, phase in life um, that we as a company want to have some involvement in in, in, and your word impact on
1: i mean it's it's exponential uh like you said it's generational i think that's that's so unique so 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 inspiring too, Mark, uh, as a leader, when, when this is all said and done with all your experience uh, with the, the prior two companies, with Chime now, what's the one thing you're most proud of?
0: Um, if, if it has to do, is it with me personally or something to do with my business? I mean, I, I it's, it's really a pride point for me. First of all, the, I've done this with my wife. Um, we're, we're we're partners in this day to day. We have different things that we have responsibility in our in our for in our company, but we've done it together, and we have a like mind about you know trying to have an impact. So I'm proud about the fact that you know our relationship is is an example and you know sort of the cornerstone for what's happening here. But beyond that, my children, you know, so I my son uh, Ryan and my daughter Lauren and. For, uh, I think the um, the example of what we've done in, in business ownership and the, the missions that we've kind of, you know, uh, been on in those businesses has been, um, they've been exposed to throughout their life and grown up seeing a lot of these things that we're talking about here today. And it's how they think. And, you know, both are, um, you know, have uh, entre- entrepreneurial instincts and aspirations. My son has started his own business, The Gathering Spot. My daughter just launched her her, um, her business, Level 11. She actually works here, um, uh, you know, leading uh, engagement and quality for us and having a real influence on the things that we're doing to impact people, again, from our heart and, and having an interest in that. My son's business is focused on community, uh, creating community and having folks have a place where it is that they can Commune and, and learn about uh, different things, be exposed to different things in terms of people and events, um, and so they are, are are my pride points. Really, that for what I've been able to experience, or what Shelley and I have been able to experience, um, and live out in a business that that's had an influence on our on my children, and 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 that's the idea. The idea is that we can we can demonstrate that here, and that our people can see that example, and that we can normalize that. Is the is the idea? That's what we want to have
1: happen. Well, Mark, thanks for sharing that. And, and it is a, it's the ended question. So I know you kind of start with oh, it's about my, my myself or my business. But what you broke it down to, and I think what everything comes down to in leadership is family. Um, and that, that, that's real. That's that's it's a real answer right there. So, Mark, the last question I have for you is today is, uh, today is uh, what is your definition of a real leader?
0: Um. A real leader is someone who understands the the, the needs of the, the thing that that person's charged with leading and and the folks that are responsible for making that happen and has an interest in uh, nurturing and guiding both. Mm. So, this, I mean, just to you have people that you that you're going to need to help, help you if you're trying to support the needs of a customer. And so you have to understand what you're trying to do for the customer and have an appreciation for that, want to care for it. And you gotta have an appreciation and a love and an understanding for the people that are going to produce that. And if you can marry those two and have a, a clear vision that you need to do that, then um, I, I I think most leaders that do that are positioned a position to
1: be successful. Mark Wolf said, I appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, it's been a pleasure today. I learned about a lot. Uh, more than just a customer call support center. That's, I mean, that's, that's it. I mean, we, we started going off with the customer calls and we got into family. Uh, I loved yeah. how this like, all kind of tied together. Uh, I just want to appreciate you getting coming up on the show. For Mark Wilson, I'm Kevin Edwards, I'm asking you to go out there, marry both sides of the customers and your employees to align them on a vision. And always folks, keep it real. Thanks, Mark. Thank you so much. All right, people, appreciate you all taking the time to listen to this interview again. If you want to see more leaders like Mark, more companies like Mark, we're having a giveaway, a free special edition at real-leaders.com slash impact-awards. You're going to go on there. All you got to do is fill out your email address, and you will be emailed, again, that free special edition containing our cover story with Miyoko Shinner in the 100 Top impact companies. All right, folks, unleash your impact and always, like I said, and I'll say it again, keep it real.